Hey everyone, I'm currently working on a documentary episode that has nothing to do with politics or atheism. It actually focuses on a holiday figure from Slavic folklore, but it's going to take a while longer to finish, and I wanted to at least get something out for you guys in the interim. And I spotted a clip in my YouTube feed a couple of days ago where Cosmic Skeptic, aka Alex O'Connor, almost forgot his name, asks Richard Dawkins for his opinion on Jordan Peterson's approach to religion. And it's interesting, they briefly touch on another topic I wanted to cover but never got around to, the fact that Ian Hersey Ali recently converted to Christianity. Some of you might not be familiar with her. She was prominent during the old Four Horsemen days, and by that I'm referencing the fact that some people used to refer to Christopher Hitchens, Richard Dawkins, Sam Harris, and Daniel Dennett as the so-called Four Horsemen of New Atheism. She's a Somali-born author, activist, and former Dutch politician. I believe she had a rather oppressive fundamentalist Islamic upbringing. As a small child, she was subjected to female genital mutilation. She sought and received asylum in the Netherlands in her 20s and eventually became a Dutch citizen. She became an outspoken critic of Islam and began to identify as an atheist. So it was a bit of a surprise when back in November, I believe it was, she announced that she had converted to Christianity. But as far as I can tell from reading her own statements about it, it seems that it's probably not the case that she's become a dyed-in-the-wool believer who literally accepts the supernatural faith claims of Christianity, but rather she's become something of a nominal or cultural Christian. So perhaps one of these people like Douglas Murray, who is essentially atheistic, but touts the values of the Western Judeo-Christian tradition. And I think the reason why Cosmic Skeptic mentions her conversion in passing is because he's speculating that maybe it's Jordan Peterson's influence rubbing off on her, he himself having this kind of strange, intellectual, Jungian, symbolic, or metaphorical approach to Christianity. But I'll play the clip, and I managed to whittle it down from about seven minutes to three minutes, but here we go. We were talking about Ayan Hirsi Ali, and, and it's an interesting detour, but I did want to ask you about this vision of, of religion uh, for two reasons. This this idea that religion, uh, we don't really care about the question of whether it's true that Jesus was born of a virgin or whether he actually died on the cross. In fact, maybe I'm just going to refuse to answer it altogether and say that this is a is a cultural thing. It's a it's a way of life. It's a it's a motivating reason behind your behaviours. I think that this has got a lot to do with uh, its popularization through people like Jordan Peterson. Ayan Hirsi Ali seems to have been spending some time with Jordan Peterson and 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 getting on with him, uh, at least in this regard. And I want to ask you about it for two reasons. Firstly, I want to know, I mean, you had a conversation with Jordan Peterson uh, for about an hour and a half where you, you talked about, um, well, you talked about some culture stuff, but he's very well known at the moment. He's writing a book at the moment for talking about religion. And he comes at it from this completely different perspective to, I imagine, the perspective that most of your previous Christian opponents, not that Jordan Peterson is strictly a Christian, have come at it from, and I wonder what you make of him and his approach. I enormously respect his courage in standing up to the Canadian laws about free speech. So I want to just get that out of the way first. I hugely respect that and and, and value him for that reason. Um, 
when he talks about religion, I think it's bullshit. I think I think that he's he doesn't make any sense at all. I think I think he's he's impressing people by using language they don't understand, rather like Deepak Chopra, um, where where people think, oh, it must be terribly profound because I can't understand it, <laughs> um, which is which is um, not something I, I can respect. Um, Michael Shermer told me that. Um, he tried to pin him down and said, do, do you actually believe that Jesus was born of a virgin? And Jordan Peterson said, it would take me at least two days to answer that. So Michael said, more or less, well, how about one sentence or one word? No. Um, and that's how I feel about, about that. Um, all the stuff about Jungian archetypes, and not that I, I would be skeptical about that, but, but, but constantly dragging them in. I mean... Um, I think the most egregious example of that is where he he looks at works of primitive art, works of tri tribal art, where he shows things like two s snakes coiling around each other and says, well, they must have had some primitive, um, primeval knowledge of DNA. Perhaps they looked into their own cells and, in some sense and saw the DNA. Perhaps the DNA is the double helix is a Jungian archetype. And that is sheer bullshit. And I told him so. <laughs> do you think that you can have a productive conversation with him about religion if this is the approach he's taking? Do you think there's any room for progress here talking to someone like Peterson? Well, I hesitate to say no to, to, about, about that to anybody. But 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 I, I have, so far, I'm not given any confidence. And I, and I want to once again say how much I respect his, his courage in standing up to the... The, the woke nonsense. Yes, we sandwich the, the bullshit in between the yeah. in between the respect. So there's the clip. And just quickly before I forget, I didn't plan on addressing this, but I remember the lecture that Richard Dawkins is referencing in which Jordan Peterson shows these images of entwined snakes. I think he showed an image from China and maybe the caduceus, which is the famous medical symbol of the snakes entwined around the staff. And he suggests that this represents the DNA double helix and that people since ancient times throughout history must have had some innate knowledge of DNA. And a lot of people criticized him about that, uh, that particular claim. And I think the best, most grounded response I heard to it is that when snakes mate, they intertwine. So this was probably a very powerful symbol to ancient peoples, a kind of symbol of fertility or new life, etc. But to get back on track, you probably noticed two or three times Richard Dawkins adds the caveat that he respects or admires Jordan Peterson's position on political correctness, etc. I think he even references... Uh, Jordan Peterson and the whole Bill C-16 controversy when he mentions Canadian free speech laws and whether or not that's a whole nother uh, kettle of fish, so to speak. I'm a left-leaning guy, and there's times when even I think political correctness goes too far, and once in a while I'll speak up when I think it has, but generally speaking, it's not something I'm passionate about. I don't really care who identifies as what. I'm more interested in the big questions like, do we go somewhere when we die, or is life just a brief farce that ends in oblivion? 
Was that a bit too heavy? Anyway, I just wanted to address the political correctness thing because I think it would be weird if I didn't since Dawkins mentioned several times in a short span of time his support of Peterson's kind of quote-unquote anti-woke worldview. And those are waters that Dawkins has definitely waded deeper into over the last couple of years, or maybe even longer the way uh, time flies. The whole identity politics, culture war thing, trans debate, etc. Uh, but that's a story for another day. I want to focus on his take on Jordan Peterson's approach to religion. And my thoughts on the matter are pretty much simpatico with Dawkins. I remember when Jordan Peterson first rose to prominence, and I think I think my first exposure to him may have been his first appearance on Sam Harris's podcast, where they basically spent an hour or two arguing over what the word true means or the definition of truth. If you think I'm exaggerating, go back and find it and take a listen for yourself. And I bring it up because you can probably imagine Sam Harris was defining truth as something that's factually or empirically true, and Jordan Peterson had more of an airy-fairy, more figurative or malleable definition of truth. And in fairness to Peterson, there are different definitions or kinds of truth. There's empirical or objective factual truth, which is what matters to me. My whole life I've wanted to know what's actually true. And then sometimes people will talk about higher truths or moral truths, but then you're kind of crossing into the realm of philosophy or metaphysics, and I feel like Jordan Peterson insists on viewing everything through a metaphorical or figurative lens, and he gets really evasive or slippery if you try to pin him down on what's actually empirically or factually true, and I think he brings that same approach to his interpretation of religion. And don't get me wrong, I think there's power in religious and mythological symbolism, and such symbolism can be inspirational, empowering, and transformative, but at the end of the day, I accept it for what it is, symbolism. And a metaphorical approach to religion might work if, like I and Hersey Ali, you're viewing religion or Christianity specifically as a kind of societal glue or tool or framework for social cohesion. But if you're at the deathbed of a loved one, and I'm drawing from recent personal experience, it doesn't answer those big existential questions like whether or not there's a personal creator god or an afterlife. And those are pretty important questions that all of us probably will or have wrestled with. And in a sense, I think a figurative or metaphorical approach to religion falls rather short or seems strangely or unsatisfyingly hollow in that regard. That's my take anyway. But I'll probably end the episode there. You guys can share your own thoughts in the comments section of the YouTube version of this episode. And as always, you guys know the drill. You can like the Facebook page or follow the show on Twitter or X, even though I haven't been very active on social media recently. If you'd like to help the show out monetarily, you can go to patreon.com slash doubt and support the show for as little as 99 cents a month. All right, brothers and sisters, until next time.